Lemon Pepper Parlay is presented for the People by Caesar Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it. Must be 21 or older. That's right, Will Blackman. It's another edition of the Lemon Pepper Parlay podcast. This time, both of the stateside. Will, how does it feel to be back? Listen, I'm still trying to figure this thing out. <laughs> I'm just... <laughs> It's a it, it's a it's a whirlwind right now. You figure the time change, the adjustment, me trying to set back up here, trying to get coordinated with all these businesses that I'm dealing with, and you know, I'm obviously I'm caught up with the family. I, I mean, I'm, that's that's my family, but everything else has just been a madhouse. And then obviously, I'm not gonna get into it, but all the the games, the trades, um, I'm preparing this weekend because I get to call my first game, uh, my co- first college game. So man, it's just it's just madhouse Bro, right now. Yeah. Okay. You did, you did go to Broncos practice over there. I wonder, did you have any opportunity to spend any time with Russell Wilson and get his insight on how not to get jet lagged? Because apparently he doesn't get jet lagged. So I'm wondering, like, his time change must not have uh, – maybe you didn't follow his advice, I see. You know what? I will say this. I did actually got – I got to spend a, a good amount of time with Russ. Um, probably a good, like, 30, like, 40 minutes uh, with him. And it was after practice and he came over and said, what's up? And he, he actually went to go finish his, his interview um, at the press press conference. And then he came over and hung out with me and it was cool. Cause it, honestly, this was like, I known him for, you know, almost, almost 10 years now. And, um, this was like probably the first time where he and I actually had a, like a legit authentic conversation, just, you know, just recap and just, everything um you know him coming into this new situation and understanding like it's a it's a it's a big deal a a big Mm -hmm. project and um yeah just just him embracing it knowing like hey at the end of the day like let's just go win but it was cool because it was it was real in the first times where he 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 was just himself so it was it was pretty but in terms in terms of in terms of that thing though the whole the whole (laughs) it's funny too because i remember I, i was talking to my my wife, like, you know, Russell can say anything and like they're going to go nuts. And as I was saying that, I saw the notification that he was exercising on the plane. I was like, <laughs> oh, man, like what did he I was like, what did he say now? And then if you read it, sure, it sounds like that he's he's making it seem like I'm working hard. Everyone else is sleeping. Da, da, da. But if you if you watch it, literally, he thought it was funny. He was like, look. I was working out and everyone was knocked out. Like I'm doing high knees. So if anyone else told that story, it would have been funny. But the fact that it was Russell and everyone looked at it like, oh, now here he goes again. Because honestly, every every star player that's injured or everyone's main player who's injured, they get treatment on the planes. Like that's that's normal. And you, I've seen everything. I've seen guys do stuff on like work out on planes and do this and get treatment. Like I've seen everything. So it's just. He so, can't do anything. Even when he was praying on the field, right. like now, he, I'm can't, not, hey, he can't get listen, anything. We, we've seen enough people tweeting about uh, Amazon documentaries and so on. I'm not. I got nothing to say about nobody's religion, but uh, <laughs> no. no, I know it's not. It's not the religion thing. It's like man. But the thing about like, Rush and the thing about Rush and that like, whole oh. thing. There's one version of that story that's really really cool. That's like a real heroic story, like of uh, you know, if, if after the game Russ guts it out, and after they're interviewing Cortland Sutton, and Cortland Sutton is just like, you know what, man, it was really amazing to see what Russ went out there and was able to do and able to get us that win. Backs were against the wall. He was rehabbing the whole flight across the Atlantic. Like uh, the rest of us were sleeping, and he just was, uh, you know, doing high knees up and down the aisle. People hear that and they're like, you know what that is? That's leadership. That's accountability. That's what you want out of your highest paid player on the roster. That's what you want of the highest paid player of the team. Instead, Russell Wilson told us to you. So then I'm just forced to question if it actually happened or not, which I think it did happen. But it's because he's the one that's telling me I want to question it. But he didn't. Here's the thing, though. He didn't lead and say that. He was. No. Here's he the thing. His he was, doesn't get good. jet lagged. No, listen. So listen. That's no, 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 no. You're all BS no, the entire time. Because you know what you just no, said? Here you were jet lagged when you came here, across here. What? Couldn't figure it all. Uh, the time changes and all of that. I slept. Dude, I slept like garbage. I was there for a month. That's different. I was that there for a true. month. That's a, you can't get you can't get adjusted immediately. Here's the thing. This is what great interviewers do, and this is this is what I did. 
Um, like somebody will ask me mm-hmm. a question and I will just give a multi-layered answer so they don't ask me another question, right? Because I'm big, I'm I know I can be super vague. Like I can be really vague and because I don't like small talk. You know, and I, I'm trying to be better at small talk. That's why if you see me at the airport, just keep walking because I'm the worst person to talk to at the airport. So anyhow, they asked him like about jet lag. I don't really get jet lag. All right, cool. And then he could have just said that. And they'd be like, well, what did you do on the plane for eight hours? Well, I got treatment. What kind of treatment did you get? Well, I did this and da, da, da. You know, and then some exercise. What ex? What exercise did you do? Well, I did some high knees. That's genuinely how the flow like, of conversation just, would go. You tell me something. No, I but just, just answer, interviewing. But but, re, but reporters appreciate when you just hey, I'm just gonna do it for you, and I'm just gonna boom. Here's those, and he's a storyteller. So it's just the fact that he has a history that people look at it like, oh, here it goes again. Here it goes again. And it's crazy. My thing is like, it's crazy the fact that he is getting. He's getting j- probably just as much slander as like like what AB's out there doing. Like honestly, that's the part that's kind of jacked think, up to me. It's like you look at both trending differently. Like whatever he's doing, AB is like nuts off the charts. And the fact that like people like Russ, he's a good dude, and people just I think can't, the difference it's just, between the two, know, at man. least in my estimation, is people I, but, laugh at Russ, where people say, "Yo, AB is crazy." Fair enough. Like, I think but people still, are just laughing at I Russ. Mean, like, Russ is funny. I don't think any. Like, I think there's people out there. I, I mean, like, think Antonio yeah. Brown should be in jail. Right? I don't think anybody would feel the now, same way I, about I, Russell Wilson. No, but but you know what? I will say that a, a lot a lot is his own doing in terms of he has he does Russ Russ does try hard. He tries somewhat some too hard. hard, and no, he tries too hard. And I think he has to get to the point where it's like, bro, like. Honestly, like you should don't even care anymore. Like you're a good football player. You're a good dude. You you know, you're a good family, family guy. Like just do that. Because at the end of the day, if you give too much, they're going to take it and throw it right back in your face. Look, I want to move from one Wilson to another because Russ, we know, has at least has a history of being a quarterback. And Zach is true. Zach Wilson have a future of being a good quarterback? Because here's the thing. I'm sitting here watching these games on TV, never played a down of any type of football from from Pee Wee on up. And I'm sitting here saying, you know what? It seems like when Zach Wilson throws the ball away, it sure does seem to land where people could catch <laughs> you, it. You know what's so funny? You said that. That was so <laughs> funny sure to me, It sure does seem bro. to happen quite often. Like, it looks like he's trying to throw the ball away, but it's landing, like, in the field of play. Soon as I tweet it, all of a sudden, the Patriots go, not one, not two, but three picks of Zach Wilson in the second. I mean, and he's now throwing, I think, seven uh, interceptions against the Patriots in his career. And like you said, you gave me credit on Twitter. You retweeted me and said, called it. But uh, it's just one I never understood. That whole year when they were ranking the draft prospects and saying who was going to go where, it was just kind of set in stone. Well, Wilson's going number two to the Jets. And nobody questioned it just because that was the Jets. And that was, I mean, like that was what the Jets said they were going to do. They were open with it. They were like, yeah, we want Zach Wilson. That's just what's going to happen. And it became like mock draft law. But I feel like maybe we should have had more of a question of, you know, should Zach Wilson quarterback from BYU had very relatively little college success be the second overall pick in the NFL draft? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I can't, when I see a rookie throw a lot of picks, who's who's a high pick and, and is supposed to be like the future's franchise, I always go back to like like Peyton Manning's rookie year, right? Sure. Peyton threw twenty eight picks his, his rookie year. He had about he had about like four games where he threw three picks. Okay. Now, obviously, again, he was a he was a different beast. Um, even even at Tennessee, he was a different beast. Um, so. It's it's kind of like one of the things is like you got you got to go through it. It's like being a defensive back. Like there's gonna be a point where you're gonna get cooked a lot when you're young, but you you just have to see what it looks like. You got to know. You got to go through these things. You can't sit there. You can't just watch film and be like, okay, I'm gonna be super efficient. Like I'm gonna do this. You got to really go through it. Now, different quarterbacks, for example, can try this stuff in practice and go hard full full board, but. I think in this case, it's it's still too early. And he, he has to figure it out. He has to learn, you know, uh, when it comes to certain things like that. Like, I look at someone like, okay, like Aaron Rodgers. Like, he, 
in, in the beginning of his career, he had like he threw 13 picks. Uh-huh. You know, he threw 11 picks, which is still really good. And then eventually he's like, all right, I need to like fix this turnover thing. And he has not thrown a double digit pick season since 2010. Just because he made an emphasis on that. Okay. And, you know, perhaps, perhaps, perhaps since Aaron is Zach's idol, he needs to go talk to Aaron. If I may, Aaron Rodgers, you know, probably one of the best quarterbacks to, to walk this earth. My question to you is, as you posited to me on our first ever podcast, talking about Aaron Rodgers to Christian Watson, that's a go route. That's not practice. That's just you need to go do your job. Zach Wilson right. throwing the ball in the field of play when he's trying to throw the ball away. If I see it on the couch, me, Martin Weiss, I imagine all these people getting paid millions of dollars also have to see it. Like, this Jets team has this feeling of, of being like one that, I mean, it's New York football feels good right now with the Giants and the Jets, you know, both off, like, but they've been obviously had a great start to the year. But why don't you ever add the Bills to that conversation? Because I don't consider the well, Bills the only part team. of New York. I'm say New the only York. team actually in New York. I could, they're New York City. I consider the teams. I said New York football. I said New York City football. That's what I'm referencing. I have Buffalo football is also doing well this year. But nothing about. But nothing is New York City. The teams, the Giants and the Jets. I understand what you're saying, but they are attached to New York City. I'm not. I'm not here. The the, the Rams playing Inglewood, but I'm not calling them the Inglewood Rams. I'm going to call them the Los Angeles Rams. I'm so, I know you geographically, it may not be fair. And if you try to type in, "Hey, where in Los Angeles can I watch the Rams play?" You're going to have real trouble finding it in somewhere that with the address that says Los Angeles, CA. However, the New York City teams. New York City football is off to a good start. How about that? Is that better for you? No, you're good. I'm just messing with you, bro. I mean, Lord have mercy. <laughs> trying to get to the question. I want to know if Zach Wilson is going to be the guy here or not. And you're trying to tell me that Buffalo's in New York City. You know, what, what's hard is he did not have to do much when Brees Hall was cooking. Now Brees Hall is gone. And we're trying to get James Robinson up to speed. And, yeah, I, I think... You know what's hard? What's really hard to explain and defend... I can't defend those throwaways. I, I really can't because they are, they are. <laughs> the timing was so great, man. When I, when I literally saw your tweet and I just saw him throw the ball, just, I mean, right to McCordy. I'm like, Lord, just get rid of it. Just it's the maturation for him. You know, that's the biggest thing. It's, it's the maturation part, like being, being um, not, not as mature as a starting quarterback and to have a gunslinger mentality are two dangerous characteristics to have because you might think I'm just going to flick it here or flick it there. And it's going to, it's going to go where it needs to be. Um, Cause he's shown on that touchdown pass. I mean, the, the out route in the end zone, that was a brilliant throw because he can do that, but it's just, it's just certain things like he, he, this game was supposed to happen. It was supposed to happen because he can see like how bad he really hurt his team because his team was playing really well. Yeah. It, it seems that without any knowledge, it feels like he is used to playing at a level where he can throw the ball where nobody can catch it, right? And so he was when he was throwing the ball away, he's like, I just throw the ball here. Nobody will catch it. Nobody can get to this spot on the field that I'll throw the ball to. But I don't know, I've, I've, ball security is, I mean, ultimately what, the number – two, three thing for an offense in terms of importance, efficiency and being able to hold on to the ball. How many first downs can you get? How many plays does it take you to get first down? And how often do you fumble the ball? I feel like those are probably the top two metrics and under up there with scoring that uh, that you'd have to mention. But Zach Wilson, I don't know. And the Jets with Elijah Moore and him saying he wants to get traded, he doesn't get traded, he gets one ball in the game and then says about his chemistry with Zach Wilson, he's like that he has no chemistry with Zach Wilson, he doesn't know what it is, he don't get the ball. I would challenge him to watch the game. The defense got the ball just about as much as the offense. So, you know, I understand your frustrations, but they might be part of a greater symptom, Elijah. But what what should what is your opinion on this, because I saw TJ Usmanzada, my former partner, say he's talking himself out of the league right now. That Elijah's talking himself out of the league. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't go that far. I mean, I think I think he's somewhere in where you're not you you do question judgment, you know, because if things aren't going well, you're gonna peace out. 
you know, from a winning situation right now too. From a winning situation, you do question that. But at the end of the day, man, if the if the dude can play, like he's always going to have a chance. Especially he's a young dude. You know what I mean? So it's not that crazy. So he didn't get traded. Uh, Brandon Cooks also did not get traded, and both of them were pretty vocal about not getting traded and wanting to. But, uh, well, this was one of the most active trade deadlines that we have seen in quite some time. Like, which of these trades do you think is going to have the biggest impact to whichever team made it going forward? Like, what did, did you see a trade that took a team? Because, like, the whole damn league, except for the, the you know, Giants and Vikings and, and Chiefs and Bills are basically 500. Did you see a team or a trade that could take a team from 500 to a Super Bowl contender? Yeah, the the glaring one and the biggest one is what uh, Chubb going to the Dolphins. I mean, that's exp- when you're in a division where you you know you have an alien and Josh Alien. Like <laughs> you need a Rally Chubb. You do. You need. You got to go get him. You have to. You know, it's you look at the Chargers. Obviously, it's not doing so well right now because because of health. But you know, they got Bosa. It's like we got to get Khalil Mack. Right. You know, we got to get. We you know you saw what the what the Raiders did in, in getting more guys and, and what have you to get after Mahomes. You need to get after Josh Allen. So getting Chubb to get another another stud on defense, uh, that was massive. Um but I but I will say I think a, a a one that's I think the football people understand it. I think the TJ Hawkinson trade to Minnesota is is gonna pay huge dividends. Um, because Kirk, Kirk does get super friendly with tight ends, yep. you know, uh, early, early on with Kyle Rudolph. And then in, in Washington with Vernon Davis and Jordan Reed, um, he's, he's big on, you know, feeding those guys, feeding the big bodies. So, uh, I think that's going to be an underrated trade right there. But the one that does stand out to me, that's awesome is the, the Chubb to the Dolphins. But Naeem Hines is going to be big too. He's going to be someone on third down. Um, just out in the open. My only thing is Naheem Hines is reckless, man. Like he scares me when he when he runs the football, man. Uh super dangerous. But yeah. Yeah, he had, he had a quote, and I'm gonna paraphrase it, but he referenced he said that you can't care about your life when uh Yes, when, when he's returning, returning punts. punts. And it was in that moment as a punt returner. Yeah. I was just like, in that moment, I really kind of sat back and questioned about all of it. Like, all of it. Like, is this, should I, should, did I invest my life into the right business? Like, should this even exist as a sport? Like, I'm like, I don't know how to feel about this. But you said, as a punt returner, did you care about your life as, as you were returning punts? <laughs> as a punt returner, absolutely. Like, here's the thing. You do have to be somewhat crazy to like return puns right it, it is a fearless job you can my thing is you can't worry about getting hit because eventually you're gonna get hit yeah right my first punt return for a touchdown i caught it in the middle of traffic which is the most psychotic thing you could ever done but i ended up catching it and end up being unscathed and scored a touchdown another time you know i didn't fair catch it somebody did somebody missed a block and i got my chin split in half you know like once I got hit, though, I was kind of I was kind of cool. I remember watching videos. I see Troy Polamalu absolutely destroy people on YouTube, and I was like, I never want to return a punt. You know, right. have to see him do that. I would let it hit the ground, and when I got to Green Bay, they were like, "Look, you better catch this thing if you want a job." So, at the end of the day, you can care about your life. You know what it's called? A fair catch. It's called a fair catch. Just just do this. Your life is good. You have the ultimate shield of protection. Just throw your hand up, and it's all good. And I feel like it's all good. And I don't know if it was the same in your and when you were in the league, but it feels like now more than ever, guys will, will take that fair catch with uh, defenders yards and yards and yards away. It used to be you were fair catching, and the guy was running right up on you, like to the point where they had to institute the rule where you had to give the guy like a, a halo of space to be able to allow him to execute the catch, right? Um, but it seems like now, maybe anecdotally, that guys are calling for fair catches with with way more space than used to be. Like coaches are just emphasizing, yo, just catch the damn ball on the right side of the 20 yard line and get the ball to our quarterback. Yeah, I think the emphasis is probably field position, obviously not being in the meeting room. You don't know that, but you can tell you can tell rich returners are super trusted. 
you know, um, returning in Baltimore, like he's he makes wise decisions. Hence why he's a pro bowler. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely see, I see a lot of space where guys are. I feel like either guys are being told to do so or guys are, are afraid to mess up. Like, I feel like there's been so many muffs and drops this year that right. have changed games uh, throughout the league. Um, so, yeah, I think I think that's what it is. You know, back when I was returning, there was everybody was fearless. I mean, I was returning. You had Reggie Bush, you had Darren Sproles, you had Ted Ginn, you had Devin Hester, obviously like the GOAT. Everyone was, was taking things to the crib <laughs> back when I was playing. Uh, Josh Cribs, like everyone was going to the crib, no pun intended. But yes, I care about my life. You know, on, the, on a slightly related note, the NFL really should try to do something about onside kicks because at this point now, the only way that they get recovered is if the receiving team makes some type of mistake. There's really no way a kicking team can execute an onside kick and and just get it, right? Like even like the watermelon kick from the, uh, the Falcons Cowboys game a few years back. Like that just happened to me magically scoot through a bunch of different players and take all the weird bounces that a football can. Like and I think this in terms of excitement and being able to get back into a two possession game the NFL should try to find some type of workaround if they want to eliminate the run-up to the kickoff like they did, which essentially eliminated the onside kick. <laughs> Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> As you can see, these are the things that keep me up at night, bro. Like, seriously. What is that? Onside kicks? These are the type of things that keep me up at night. You know how I know I wanted to you know how I know I needed to be in this business? How? Russ, it was uh the Packers and the Seahawks, and it was the replacement referees, and it was the fail Mary happened. And after that, the, the, fail the game was just over. After what to me felt like it's just this gross miscarriage of football justice. To the point, I call, I Googled the number for the NFL league offices and I called Roger Goodell's office and left a voicemail saying that I was displeased with the product on the field and that they needed to get the real referee. Did you really? I, I was a junior in college. And I said they needed to get the real referees back out there because it's disingenuous to all the players who are sacrificing their bodies. And it was at that moment that I realized that I care way too much about this because I, I can't sleep after a game between the Seahawks and the Packers, neither of whom I even like, right? I don't even care about this team. Like, this, isn't, this isn't my team. I'm a Saints fan. But lo and behold, I couldn't sleep that night because I just felt that there had been cheating going on, and I just couldn't, I couldn't stomach it. So I said, I got to adjust. You really, you really, you really, that's, that's, that's funny. That's really funny to, to know. I'm not surprised though. So I'm I had surprised. to adjust my priorities. Either I got to get fine. I'm not surprised. To, uh, I'm not surprised why? that you would say something to them. I don't know. You just strike me as that type. Oh, yeah, you know, bro. I will call like the city manager. Like city council, like city council type of guy or neighborhood representative. Hey, you know, listen, like you seem like you seem like that kind of I'll guy. I'll be the voice that I will say what needs to be said. Okay, I will say what needs to be said. If it, I, I will get the agenda out there and get it pushed. By the way, you talking about Hawkinson trade for the Vikings? I like that trade a lot for both sides. I like a lot of these trades. I like first of all, I just like teams being active. But that trade happened as we were on the air with uh, as I was on with Dave and Sal, and Dave was like, "Why are the Lions doing? Why would they do that?" It's like because well, now all everybody except for Jared Goff that you have that's a key part of your roster is on a rookie deal right now. None like Hawkinson, you're going to have to try to extend, right? He's outside of your timeline. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So like you trade him, you get some of those picks back. You're going to need a right. You get a second, right? You get a second round pick, and then what's to say that the Vikings don't collapse on the second half of this year? Or like you know what I'm saying? What's to say that the Vikings, like? You're attaching like I just don't understand that the why you would want to hang on to a TJ Hawkinson when you could probably find a guy who's similar. While TJ Hawkinson's a good player, don't get me wrong, you can find a similar output in the draft a few years down the line. It's not like TJ Hawkinson is 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 even Darren Waller when it comes to yeah. Go get Mike. Go go get Michael Meyer or Mayer right, over Mike Mayer, Notre right? Dame. Exactly right. So I I just don't see it. But so well, I like what the Bears did this trade deadline. 
They move Ro- moving Roquan Smith and moving Robert Quinn, getting cheaper on defense, but also getting Chase Claypool because if you looked at Justin Fields in the last two weeks, he has sucked decidedly less <laughs> than all the other second-year quarterbacks who have also sucked. And I feel like if it, now is the time to, for Chicago to try to figure out if they've got the guy in Justin Fields and acquiring a weapon like Chase Claypool I feel like can help in that, especially a guy who before he fell out of favor in Pittsburgh was showing uh, to me, at least a lot of flashes. Yeah, this is good. I mean, this is, this is the makings of, of a new general manager. Now this is funny because I actually, I played with Ryan Poles at Boston college. So this is, it's funny to see him uh, go through the ranks uh, him being a long time, a personnel guy, at Kansas city, but this is the makings of a new, of a new general manager. You, 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 you evaluate a team, None of these are your guys and you're constantly looking at everything. Right. I mean, look at, look at New York when everyone's like, Oh, how'd they get rid of Tony? You know, how they draft? I mean, how they send him away? He's a first round pick. Not theirs. It's not their first round pick. You know what I'm saying? So we're going to, you know, and there's other things we can talk about in terms of like him personally, but look, they moved on for him and they looked at, and Ryan came in this situation. He's like, I'm not going to just, I'm not going to give all my capital to a middle linebacker. I, I just, he just like, I can't do it. Especially a guy who I didn't draft. Same thing. Yes. Quinn did have 18 and a half sacks last year, but again, which, which he's trying to rework and fix whatever the hell the last regime jacked up. So let me move all these right. parts. Let me get what we, what we can do and, and see what's going on. So I, I like this. I like, I like, I think it was definitely, um, I think Chase Claypool is going to benefit because he definitely, I think he definitely needed a fresh start. Um, out of Pittsburgh to go to a new environment where he can actually like legit now be the guy. So this is, this is good. I, I like, I like to trade for, uh, on both ends. Well, I'll tell you this Claypool. There's not a lot of other options, buddy. There's not the, the guy competition will be slim. So <laughs> like, in, Oh, I like but, Mooney. Uh, I think Mooney's seen, nice. You think Mooney's the number one? I think I think Mooney can eventually he can be eventually. I feel like he's a, a nice complimentary that's, piece. That's where fair. I do feel like Chase Claypool. You know what I'm saying? I feel like he's you, if 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 Mooney's your number one, you're looking for a number I one. I think if I think Clay if Chase can mature a little bit more, he will be a beast. To me, he has a, and again TJ. I brought him up again on this podcast, but he trained Chase when he was getting ready for the draft. And was a big fan of him and, and just his technical work, his technical work. So we'll see if he can improve. Another guy who didn't move this offseason, I mean, his trade deadline, but I uh, did remove his helmet, DJ Moore, after catching. Uh, first of all, you want to talk about trading guys and assets. The Panthers traded all those assets to get in Sam Donald or Baker Mayfield. And the better quarterback was in the room the whole time as PJ Walker <laughs> rolled out and hit DJ Moore. That was a rope, too. Like, I know we talk about the catch and the helmet, all that stuff, but that was a throw and a half. That was like 70 yards in the air. Like, that was a... I put it like this. He's the only person on that roster that can make that throw. Uh, I don't know about that. I think Baker can make that throw. You think Baker can make yeah. that throw? Baker's a bigger on than people think. I just Baker's know, just hurt. Baker seems to be always hurt then because I haven't seen Baker make a throw like that since, like, I don't know. Oklahoma. Oklahoma. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, since Oklahoma. So, you know, I don't know. Maybe that's the case. He's just always hurt. But uh, I did find, as I'm on the Falcons to win the South and to win this game, so I was not necessarily too distraught about DJ Moore's penalty. But as I saw some of the other things that guys did after plays, it feels like what DJ Moore did should not necessarily have been uh, a, a game costing penalty. Oh, I mean, this is this is ridiculous, man. It's like it's funny because I I love when people argue with me, and they're like they're like act like you've been there before, right? <laughs> it's like right. it's hard. I want to swear so bad. Um, it's like, it's like, act like you've been there before. And I'm like, <laughs> when are you ever there for the game tying touchdown at the end of regulation? When do you, like, that's, that's not a bend. That's not an act like I've been there. That's some, that's a miraculous, that's a Hail Mary. That's a miraculous situation that has happened. Okay. Now, sometimes you're, you're not, 
you're not in the right frame of mind because you, you just can't believe it. You can't believe like that actually happened. It actually worked. That time was time was running out and we caught a Hail Mary and you just can't believe it. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, should he keep his helmet on? Of course, he should have kept his helmet on because he got penalized for it. So, so I'll just say yes, because he got penalized for it. Regardless, he made the play to put us in position to win the game. <laughs> he made That's he fair. made the play. Had he dropped the ball, how mad can you be? Had he dropped yeah. the ball, then you'd be like, damn, you know. But he made the play to put us in position to make a 48-yard field goal. It should have been shorter, but he got penalized. It is what it is. Make the kick. Just make the kick. To, to your point, if you had been on the one-yard line and he caught a bomb to make it a 48-yard field goal, instead of catching a touchdown and, and having a penalty, which made it a 48-yard extra point, like, you know, if he had been a 48-yard field goal, he would have been ex- definitely expected to make it. And then also, too, he missed another kick that would have won the game. But, but uh, here's the thing. Well. So here's Eddie Pinheiro, not the special teams player the of the week. Make the kick. It's a tied ball game. It's a tied ball yeah. game. We're indoors. That is like... It's like, okay, like I'm more impressed with buzzer beaters when teams are losing, right? Sure. Way more pressure. Like, I've, okay, it's cool when it's a tie ball game. They make the winning shot. Cool. There's not as much pressure on that type of buzzer beater. Still, hell of a play. But when you're losing and you, you have the you-know-what to boom, knock it down, game over. That's lit because the, the stakes are, are greater. In this case, same, I feel the same with kicking. Like, to actually win the game. It is a tie ball game indoors. Go through your deal and make the kick. And then, yeah, we can say we want blah, blah, blah. He had another opportunity, as you just mentioned. Just make the kick. Make the kick. But the thing that gets me about this penalty, though, let's say Grady Jarrett sacks P.J. Walker. The ball goes flying in the air, and a Falcons linebacker recovers the fumble, goes into the end zone. The rest of the Falcons go into the end zone, they play row, row, row your boat or duck, duck, goose or do the drumline dance in the end zone. And everybody's like, yo, let's show this on all the highlight tapes. DJ Moore just didn't have a choreographed celebration. That was his issue. He actually just celebrated in the exuberance of the idea of holy bleep. Can you believe I just made that play? Exactly. And apparently, apparently, uh, <laughs> apparently like, a... A uh, official came out and said that he took his helmet off when he was off out the outside the end zone, so it shouldn't have been penalized. But right, well, it should have been a penalty anyway because he was outside. But then the he end walked zone. back on the. But then I mean, he walked I, back down the field with his helmet off. So, it's, <laughs> but you know, as much and this is it's coming from the same guy who called Roger Goodell at uh, at twenty one years old and told him that they need to get the referees back in there because the replacement referees were doing a laughing stock of the game. At this point. I'm no longer I can no longer allow myself to get upset about dumb calls the referees make because you know why? There's no repercussions. It's always the same referees. Yeah, like why would you players make bad like why would you make a call like well, that? Players make bad plays, they get cut. Players make bad plays, they get cut. Referees make bad calls. You know what happens to them? Nothing. Zilch. Like zero. I, they're right back there they're like- the next day. I watched Bill Vinovich on Monday night. The guy who missed the worst pass interference call in the history of the NFL. I watched him be the head referee in another game. So, so there's nothing happened. <laughs> it's like it's like a tenure teacher, you know. That's, that's exactly like that, what it is. That dude that, who's been that's that, a great way that to put it. Been the referees are the tenured professors. That teacher has been there for about thirty years. Violated every rule in the rule book. <laughs> it's still there. <laughs> that's a great way to put it. All right. Well, before we pick some of these games, let's take a quick break. Your first bet with Caesars Sportsbook and Casino, it's on Caesars, up to $1,250. Download the app with promo code CAESARFULL, C-Z-R FULL, and place your first bet. If you win, congratulations. If you don't, you'll get it back as a free bet. That first bet also gives you 1,000 tier credits and 1,000 rewards credits, putting you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Free stays, game tickets, experiences, and more. 
must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Michigan, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ontario, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming, or Washington, D.C. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Ohio, and Utah, and other states where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start. Gambling problem? Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Virginia, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you know someone who has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. Or Maryland, visit mdgamblinghelp.org. Or West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, D.C., Nevada, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino. Call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee Red Line at 1-800-889-9789. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. All right, Will. Do any games on this week's slate jump out to you for any reason, if anything? Just out of curiosity. We didn't talk about this beforehand. Like coming up this week? Yeah, coming up this week. Um, you know what? This is gonna it's gonna sound really gross, but the um Raiders Jaguar stands out to me. And the re and the, Okay, <laughs> no, and no, the reasoning is like Within that, within the AFC West, I know everyone was on like Hackett's head for for a while because it's like, man, this offense is so anemic. Nothing's going on. Hopefully, mm-hmm. if he doesn't win this game, he's going to become a a, a UK resident. <laughs> like he might as well right. stay here and get knighted and and whatever it is. But man, Josh McDaniels, like, <laughs> does he stay in Florida? You know what I'm saying? Like, what's like, what's seriously like, what's up? This is for a guy who continually is sought after to be a head coach. Um, mm-hmm. like you, 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 you get, you got the QB, you, Josh Jacobs is healthy. You get the receiver, you know, it's like, yo, like, like, what is the deal right now? They're, they're looking like, I, I, I don't even know. I, I don't even know. Especially the AFC West is supposed to be top to bottom, supposed to be legit. And right now, I mean, Kansas City is is straight smooth sailing through this whole thing once again. But the Raiders, I had way more expectations for the Raiders, and they're going to go against a motivated, competitive, well coached Jaguars team um, this weekend. So I'm 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 more intrigued just to see what Vegas does. Not so much like I'm excited to watch this game. Like it's going to be you know. A barn sure. burner, but just just from that perspective, I felt like last week was a uh, was a breaking point for them for me. Uh, I don't maybe it's a little too early in the season to call it done, but uh, it kind of snuck up on me. But the way that the Raiders played against the Saints, and then you look back through some of their results, I mean, blanked. It really kind of struggled. So uh, it really kind of after that Kansas City game. You know, where they didn't convert, Devontae Adams didn't make the catch, pushes the guy walking out. Uh, it seemed like the rails really came off after that game for the Raiders. And wh- the Jaguars are one of the most unlucky teams in the red zone right. so far this year. That was a bad um, pick. Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. 
they had turned the ball over a lot in the red zone. But I, who do you think wins this game? I think I got to go with the Jaguars. I got to go with the Jaguars. I got to go, go with the Jaguars. Um, no question about it. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm doing that simply because, you know, the one thing that the Jaguars are doing is on defense. They're playing like discipline, like running around the field, you know, sprint to the ball type of defense. Like they're they're really disciplined on defense. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, it's really cool to see Travis Ntn doing his thing. He's obviously shown that he can be that explosive back that he was in college. It's just, you know, again, you, you look at the Jets, it's like, all right, come on, Zach. You know, same thing you look here. It's like, all right, come on, Trevor. You know, now you got Doug Peterson who's, you know, he's, he's a guy who can coach a quarterback up to do the right thing. So it's like, hey, let's go. So, yeah, I, I got, I think the Jaguars do this, but not to, not to like switch subjects, but you know what game I am not looking forward to watching? The Rams versus Go the Bucks. I do not want to see that game. I was game. just looking at that. <laughs> I do dog. not want to see that game. I was just game. looking at that. That's one of those that the schedule makers, when they made yeah, it, they're like, oh, oh, man, this is going to be yeah, a banger. Yeah, let's go. No. I ain't <laughs> watching that damn Tom thing. Brady versus defending Super Bowl champions. I mean, the Rams are three-point underdogs, but a total's 42 and a half. I think, I mean, it's just a question of which team is is less broken. I'm going to go with the Rams. I think the Rams would win. I think the Rams cover the three definitely. They'll probably win this game outright. But I also just, I don't know. I'm, I might be the first person with my ticket to the Tom Brady funeral. But uh, I'm here. I'm early. Yeah, I think Aaron Donald gets after, gets after, the, gets after Brady. And I think the, the Rams... Receivers are going to go right after that secondary, so it's going to be a problem. Yeah, I think so. Too. They've been unhealthy. They've been unhealthy, and it's been a glaring issue. The Bucks can't run the ball, or won't run Neither the ball. Neither teams run the ball. You know, depending on how you feel about it, but that's the thing. Rams are have no interest in running the ball, so it's it seems to be the Rams want to throw all over the place, and the Buccaneers. I just keep going back to this team. Last year, was a Thursday night football analyst, I guess for both teams, was starting. <laughs> and if you look uh, for, for both of these teams, and the Rams and Andrew Whitworth on the offensive line and Richard Sherman in the Buccaneers defensive secondary in the second half of the season, and I just feel like <laughs> they didn't improve from those guys who re- then retired. No, all. I mean, the, the old and line just, is everyone's different except Brown Allen, the center. Everyone's gone. Everyone. Ultimately, I'll go with the Rams here. What do you think about Cam Akers? you think Cam Akers, who tweets, I miss football as the trade deadline is approaching and does not get traded, do you t- see him getting folded back into the mix as the season progresses or no? Um, I do see him fold- getting folded back into the mix. I mean – initially when they talk about a trade, it was about him getting a fresh start. You know, I think just if, just if I'm looking, if I'm outside looking in, I think he probably wanted to be featured more in the offense. And maybe like you said, that's just not their MO. They're not the type where to keep giving the guy the ball like that. You know what I mean? I mean, the last person was, was it, you know, Todd Gurley was the last person to go off, you know, with the rock like that. Um, so I think that's just not how this offense is built. And perhaps they were like, hey, let's get him a fresh start somewhere where he can do that. So, I mean, if if everyone could be adults about it and put their pride aside and try to go win some ball games at the end of the day for Cam Akers, man, it's like it's your tape. It's your film. Um, so, I mean, just 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 be a grown man about it and and don't count your reps or make your reps count. You know, that was the best advice I ever got when I was worried about like my playing time um, and what have you. So. I, I still I like him for this offense. Like I was last year, I was excited about Cam Akers. I was like, man, just seeing what right. you can do, man. This guy could be like a a thirteen hundred type of guy, even at most a fifteen hundred type of guy. And when he got hurt, because last year when when the Rams got Stafford, I was like, okay, this is like this is my Super Bowl pick out the gate because he's coming to an offense where it's like cater to him. He has a run game which is going to be perfect, complimentary. Then when Cam Akers went down, I was like, oh man, like I don't know if this is like um I'm, this is not my pick anymore. So, right. That was that was my initial vision. I I I feel like he could still be that guy. Obviously, I don't know. I don't know his knowledge in terms of the offense. He does he does have some issues holding on to the ball. So, but I think I think he I think this is a situation that needs to be worked out. No, let's stay in the NFC West because of all the lines that I you know I look at all of them obviously and they first come out. This one was one that I was like, huh. 
The Seahawks are two point dogs to the Cardinals. <laughs> and it's like the Seahawks to me, not only are the better team, they're better coached. The only only edge that Arizona really has in this matchup, I think, is that Kyler is probably overall a better quarterback than Geno Smith. But Geno's playing better ball right now, in part because of the way Seattle's calling their offense. Kenneth Walker's the offensive rookie of the year, more than likely. And, you know, take your pick which one of the cornerbacks you should have up there for defensive rookie of the year in the Seahawks, probably Tariq Woolen. Like, I, I, what am I missing here, if anything? I don't know. They just been handling business and like and handling handling it in a in a in a real like professional like matter. Almost like kind of like how Philly is just taking care of business. It's like there's there's no hiccups. There's no yeah. issues. Like we're just gonna go play ball and just beat you at football. Nothing spectacular, pretty about it. Just grow man football. And this is what this is what Seattle has done. I mean, I mean Kenneth Walker, my God Almighty, bro. Like this dude here is. Is just getting it done, and 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 based on that, and defense, and Geno Smith playing MVP level lights out. It's, he's not he's he's not playing safe. He's he's being efficient. You know, you can look at it. Yeah, I didn't I didn't want to say he's, he's just running their offense. Like when the shot is there, he's that's what I'm saying. Shots, he's he's, it's being, like, it's he's being he's between, being yeah. efficient. It's a difference in terms of like okay, when the Jets were doing well, Breeze they were running the ball, running the ball. Breeze Hall, Michael Carter, all those guys getting done playing good defense. Zach Wilson, like don't don't f it up. You know, in this case, it's like Gino is taking control. All right, we got a good run game. Hey, he knows this. He's doing that. Even even on the um, the little uh, they had Marquise Goodwin mic'd up, and you've yeah. seen that where he was like, "Hey, I had a comeback," and Gino was like, "Yo, just run a go." Like Gino, legit. I mean, Gino was old enough. I'm not, I'm not trying to like downplay it, but the fact that he's in there and just running the show. He's been playing football for ten years now, so um, he's in there just running the show. Like, guys are comfortable. Like, they trust them. All right, we got you. Like, let's do it. And it seems like, to, to, to go full circle back to Russell Wilson we were talking about earlier, it seems like Geno Smith is running the show within the constraints of what, like, what Pete Carroll wants him to do and what the offense and Shane Waldron wants him to do, right? When he looks at that offense, like, it looks like Geno's in complete control of it, but also doesn't look like Geno being in complete control of it is like somehow antithetical to what they want to do. Do you know what I'm saying? Like when you watch the Raiders and John, when they had John Gruden, like Ruggs was open down the field. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, there's a lot of times they got Ruggs open, Waller open down the field and he wouldn't take the shot. Like he wouldn't throw the ball down. Like Derek Carr would just check down, check down, check down. Right. Kirk Cousins is another guy like that. He may be in complete control of the offense, but then it's like, how much of this is, is are we doing what we're actually trying to accomplish here? Right. I feel like Geno is a perfect marriage between the two in the way that Russ wasn't in his last few years. Yeah. I mean, I think you have quarterbacks that look at, you know, look like scheme, and you have quarterbacks that look at matchups, you know, and I think, yeah. I think Kirk. I mean, it's probably different now. It's been a while, but I think before he was the type will look at schemes like, okay, if they give me this right here, I know I got D Jack on a deep post. But if they don't give me this, then okay, I'm yeah. just gonna go here. Like he has his options when he get there. And I feel like Gino, Gino is aware of all that too, but he's like, Look, like this dude has been playing aggressive all day long. Cause he went right after Samuel. I mean, uh, yeah. Right. Um, which which is who has been playing good football this year. And it was like, Hey, just run it like this, and I got you. Boom, done deal. But even even going back to what we talked about, you know, against um, who was it when 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 Pete Carroll was calming Gino down? Um, gosh, who did they play last week? It was the, the they played the Giants last week. Week before that, that's gonna drive me nuts. Anyhow, uh, just just that just that interaction when when Gino went ballistic on the sideline, and then. Pete calmed him down and he goes in and th- and throws a dart on third and 10, just drives him right down the field, you know? And it's, it's cool, man. Like I remember, I remember when I was in Washington and, and we had a, like, it was Chargers, a there you go. Yeah. Cause it was in LA. Um, yeah. I remember in Washington before we were playing the giants, I remember D'Angelo Hall stood up and he was like, look, whatever, whatever motivates you, motivates you. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
whatever is going to fuel your fire, cool. Like if you want to play for money, then play for money. If you want to play because you love football, you love football. You want to play because you want to press girls and play because you want to press girls. He was like, whatever it is that's going to motivate you and inspire you, by all means, like use it if it helps you, you know? And I, and the reason I say that, cause I look at like with Gino, you know, Gino's kind of like, you know, y'all wrote me off or, you know, he told that run reporter, well, are you surprised by that throw? He's like, well, you never seen me throw, you know, are you, you surprised? Are you surprised right. I'm playing this well? It's cause, well, you never seen me play. Hey, if that's his route, if that's what's getting him going, then by all means, I might use it. You know, I like it. So, um, it is, it is, it is pretty shocking to, Especially when Arizona is such a a mystery, you just never know like how they're gonna be. But getting D Hop back did elevate them tremendously. Uh, but yeah, just the the Seahawks playing playing like outstanding football. That's crazy. Before we get into our lemon pepper parlays for this week, Will, let's take another quick break. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, Will. What's your lemon pepper parlay for this week? What you got, bro? All right. Well, it's a perfect segue because I'm going right back to Seattle with this one. Okay? I'm throwing <laughs> okay. that on there. I mean, let's go. Like that. We're taking that right there. I mean, shoot. I might even throw money on this thing. But I'm not going to do that. I'm going to take the points for this one. I'm going to go... This is going to be interesting. You know me, I, I'm, I'm big on, on the spreads and the Jets are playing Buffalo. And I know right now everyone in the world is looking their chops like, like, okay, Jets are going to just get wiped off the planet Earth. But the Jets have a good mm-hmm. defense. The Jets have a really good defense. And Sauce Gardner's. No Play doubt about it. He's looking. He's he can't wait for that matchup. He wants, like, he wants that action. Okay. <laughs> he wants that action. Yeah. And. And I, I I think right now that with this game, it, it might be a low scoring, ugly type of game, because I think unless unless Zach just starts out there is out there just throwing pick sixes and he's getting beat up by Von Miller and he's turning the ball over and Oliver picks it up. If it's something like that, ah, you know, still I I I, I'm a, I like the fact you know the spread right there is is too great when you have two really good defenses, so. I like that one. And then I'm um, listen, listen. I, I don't know what happened with the Bengals with no Jamar Chase. I don't know why all of a sudden that offense is looking super, super I mean. suspect without Jamar Chase. <laughs> they're playing a motivated Carolina after what just happened. Um, they're playing inspired with Coach Wilkes out the helm. So I'm gonna go Panthers money line here. Um I'm a, I'm gonna yeah just just straight up just listen, that's how I'm feeling you know I'm just <laughs> so I got Seattle with the points I got Jets with the points I got Panthers money line that's a that is a spicy lemon pepper parlay right there that's a yeah that's a hot one that's, that's a, a hot one. one right there but I do I hey I do have to say I like the Bills didn't cover ten last week against right. the Packers uh, and. I like this this team of second chances. You got PJ Walker getting the second chance, Steve Wilkes getting the second chance. I, I like the vibes there, and they showed something kicking Robbie Anderson up out of there. It's like, yo, like 
we have the end of this year to put out good tape. Let's try to do it and see how this will see how this can finish. Because again, remember, this is a team in the Panthers that a lot of people were saying could make the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? If Baker Mayfield was able to get them to that position, all the position players sub Christian McCaffrey pretty much are still there. So there you go. My lemon pepper parlay for this week. I'm going all money line, all dogs. All right. I'm taking the L.A. Rams and Cooper Cup's bum ankle on the money line <laughs> against Tampa Bay. Because, uh, look, maybe Allen Robinson gets a catcher, too. Hopefully somebody else will score. They'll find some other offensive option. But the Buccaneers have nothing going on offense and even less going stopping the run. So I'm going, I'm going with the Rams on the money line. I'm going to go ahead. I'm taking the Lions on the money line against the Green Bay Packers. I've been betting against the Buccaneers, and I've been betting against the Packers. You said Lions? continue to do it. Taking the Lions on the money line, dog. Three-point dogs against the Packers. They just traded Hawkinson. So, it, I mean, I, I'm not saying the Lions are going to just win this game. Yeah, you are. It's gonna be you said great. they're going to win the game. I'm saying that the Packers, I'm saying, I'm saying the Lions are going to win this game, but it's not going to be some scenario in which the Lions come out, offense is humming on all cylinders, defense is making big plays and huge stops. This is going to be a game where the Packers' offense just can't get anything going. Did you watch, did you all, watch you know, the this, game last week, the Dolphin game? Yes, I did. And I watched the Cowboys game before that. And then I watched Rock Bottom, <laughs> which was twenty nine and nothing against Bailey's Zappi. Are you being just? Are you just? Are you just being a homer? Are you being a homer right now? Is that what it is? Well, well, they got to win eventually, or Dan Campbell's got to get fired. They just gave, but I just, I, you know what? You know what it is? I think I'm just gonna. I think Matt Lafleur might be a bad coach. Like, legitimately, might be a bad coach. Like a good play caller, sure. But as soon as he lost somebody who was dictating the coverage in Devontae Adams, they it seems like nothing can happen. Like, and you're not telling me that every every single year there's a rookie receiver that goes off and is fits right in. Like Garrett Wilson right now looks every bit the part of an NFL receiver. Like he, there's no question really about him and his ability, even with Zach Wilson throwing in the ball. And he's in the Jets. But he he fit right. Chris Olave fits right in, right? The Packers and this offense is like terrible. Your best players are running backs. You can't get them the ball. You know, you get your running backs the ball, you turn around and hand it to them. So I, I'm not, I don't feel good about Matt LaFleur. So I, I think that he's highly overvalued based off his his past record, but I think his past record is more Devontae Adams and uh and Aaron Rodgers teaming up together and that and letting that be that. So I don't think the Lions are gonna win this game because it's gonna be some grand scheme of greatness. I just think the Packers really, really stink. Really? Yeah. You don't think Detroit stinks? I do. I do. I think they're about the same. I'm about, they're about equal, though. Uh-huh. I think they're about equal. One team has Aaron Rodgers. You know what, man? I think I think the issue here, um, when I look at the Packers, is... It's the it's it's the Jordan Love pick, man. Um, it's the <laughs> bro. That pick was three and a half, four years ago at this point. Uh, yeah, well, that guy would have been de- that receiver would have been developed. <laughs> he also could have been Jalen Rager, right? Like, I mean, I mean you could you could t- like you could miss on guys, like. Uh, but the thing is, the he could have been T. He could have been T. Point, Higgins. It's week eight. It's week nine. You got to work with who you got. I understand got. that. Well, I know. I understand no that. But I'm saying like that. That there are some picks that just bothered teams for a long time. That could have been T. Higgins cooking. It could have been. Woo. It could have been. And T. Higgins is T. Higgins is the number one receiver in this league. Like more than like like I think in the right situation he could ball out. He just happens could to be have been Chase Claypool, but twice. But I, I'm. <laughs> I'm out on I'm just I'm out on Green Bay and I'm out on Tampa Bay. I don't think either one of these bays Could are doing anything Jefferson. this year. And I'm gonna keep betting against them until they do. All right. Van Jefferson. Who else could have been? I'm just going down the list. <laughs> Probably could have been DK Metcalf. Nah. Could have been Gabe Davis. Uh, they should have <laughs> went got him. I mean, yeah, could have they should have went got him. Now. There's now. Well, as we saw, as we saw, trades were being made. The Packers decided that they had what they needed in their locker room already. So that's all you need. To, and it, 
that 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 team is that dysfunction. You know, Aaron Rodgers or Pat, Pat McAfee, and you hear Florence press conferences. They don't seem like they're even having, much less be on the same page. They don't even seem like they meet in the same rooms. <laughs> so I, yeah, I'm I'm out All on right. the Packers. I'm out on. So the go box. through your lemon pepper. So that's again. my lemon pepper. Parlay. Go through it again. Let the people know. My lemon pepper parlay is the Lions on the money line and the Rams on the money line. God help my soul. So I don't know. I know this. I'll more than likely be sitting there Sunday pulling my hair out as I sit there and watch Dan Campbell trick away another winnable game. But until then, well, that's a lemon pepper parlay.